0: looks like they're going to hire Chris Baird. Not a surprise. Good hire. Should will be an interesting press conference. Talking basketball-wise, good hire. Uh, uh, the SEC. Good. Just means more. Interesting collection of uh, coaches they have in the uh, SEC. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a interesting uh, matchup of coaches in terms of personality. Maryland and West Virginia. Kevin Willard against Bob Huggins. Huggy made, this might be it. People have wondered if he's going to retire. Love me some hugs. Uh, Two kind of unlikable guys at times. Yeah. Then you have the other storyline that is not necessarily, well, I don't know. You you can't dislike Ed Cooley. Ed Ed Cooley's the nicest guy on the planet, Mm -hmm. or at least one of them. And then you have John Calipari. You have the Bryce Hopkins who left Kentucky to go to Providence? Yeah. And Providence playing Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I just like to be in the committee room when they start looking at potential storylines. Yeah, like was there ever a a Drake and Creighton? You know, Drake was a Possible. twelve. Uh, you know, Duke Duke gets Oral Roberts, which I think Duke is underseeded. I think Duke's better than a five seed. I think Duke's hot too. Uh, uh, great seed for the Summit League. That yeah, Oral Roberts. I don't gets like a 12. that twelve m- match for
1: yeah. Oral Roberts. I mean, and and that'll be, again, just because of a 12-5, I could see that being sort of a popular upset pick. But as far as for a guy like you who's seen a lot of Oral Roberts, I've seen a little bit. Yeah, that one, I I was kind of hoping for a little bit better of a drill. I I would agree that Duke falling back to a 5 isn't ideal for Oral Roberts. I'll just say that. The
0: popular 12 over 5 will be Charleston, a 31-win team over San Diego State.
1: You yep. have too many yeah, flashbacks
0: to yeah. San Diego State against Creighton last year. When yeah. I I thought that's a that's a talented San Diego State team they'll cause Creighton problems. Mm, didn't happen. Mm. But but Charleston in Orlando against San Diego State I think will be the most popular 12 over a 5. Now, Drake will get a lot of run and see that's a that's another unfortunate matchup because well, I Miami's like good. Drake, but Miami and their guards yep. this time of the year and they've got experience last year. And most of those guys are back. It's a good I mean, team this year. Now that'll be a great matchup. I mean, again, there's some twelve or five that are not only in the upset category, but really good matchups. That if a twelve beats a five, you're like, it eh, didn't surprise me. I mean, I, I think the committee could make a case. Hey, we did a we did a pretty good job because I think there's only one seven seed that is favored in the seven versus ten.
1: Is that Northwestern?
0: Uh, or no, it, Missouri.
1: Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Northwestern is a seven. Which Missouri, okay,
0: yeah. Missouri's favorite or Utah State? Which that game might be the first to ninety wins. And they've been playing their best basketball oh. down mm-hmm. the stretch. Uh, Creighton takes on North Carolina State Friday at three from uh, Denver, a six versus a eleven. It is four and a half. Is Creighton is a favorite against North Carolina State? Who oh, Kevin Keats was on the hot seat. His name's a mention mentioned for other jobs, and he finally got North Carolina State back to the uh, the tournament. Uh, North Carolina State mm, skittered at the end of the year. You could kind of say Creighton did as well. Mm-hmm. They look bad Friday. Well, uh, they look tired. You know, I guess that's the more. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't buy anybody bringing that up. I mean, this is a, a game in the semifinals. I mean, what are you doing? It right. uh, had. You'd played two cakewalks in Georgetown and DePaul. You know, the night before was basically a cakewalk against Villanova. I'm not buying that. I'm just buying guys didn't show up, which is startling. And Which is worse. Adds a question. I mean, it's, there's valid questions about Creighton. Again, they're, they're going to be a dark horse Final Four team, or they could be one and done. I got them going to the Sweet 16. I like their matchups against North Carolina State and Baylor, and I think Ryan Kalkbrenner will have a big weekend out in Denver. He'll have a big, big weekend. Now the guard matchup on both games going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. The guards for North Carolina State, the guards for Baylor, and the guards for Creighton. So it just means that you know I expect Trey to be fine. Yeah, it's going to be
1: Nemhart of yep. hello. We can't you can't go away. Right, you can't you can't come and go. And, and I feel like that's a conversation throughout the season. And as Nemhart has given you quality quality minutes, it has been as we've talked about a lot, good decision-maker, making some shots as well, you typically are going to like that result with what Creighton's able to do. And I still look at the Baylor matchup, if that's what ends up happening, that I'm a little reluctant to take Creighton beyond Baylor. But from a guard standpoint, yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic. You mentioned Smith and talking about Burns as well. But, you know, for NC State, and really, they're... (laughs) I, I keep hammering on their matchups with Clemson. So they lost their, what, last three of four. Two of those games were against Clemson, one against Duke. And we just talked about Duke Duke playing very good basketball at the right time. And it has nothing, you know, we can't say, well, Coach K, this time of the year. No, it's not Coach K anymore. But so I, you take a little bit of that. If if it truly is a matchup issue with Clemson, so be it. And you lost to a, a Duke team that's on a roll right now. But, you know, the the whole idea of what Creighton we're going to see. You get into a tournament setting, so we got a, a smaller sample size of that last weekend and trying to figure out, okay, what was the problem against Xavier? You know, was it just Xavier was that good and, and they were not going to be stopped that night? Or, you know, is there a legitimate concern about Creighton coming out in that game? And I will go back to something you brought up last week, and I think it, it stands to be a legitimate talking point when it comes to how far you're going to take Creighton how they get out of the gate, how they start the game. Are they able to, much like you saw against Villanova, where it's like, wow, this is I – mean, balls moving around, shots are falling, they're defending, you know, they're speeding Villanova or any other team that they're playing, they're speeding them up, they're forcing them into some bad situations. Before you know it, it's a 12-point you know, lead, and they feel like they're in their comfort zone. And it just becomes sort of contagious from there on out. When they have to play from behind – when you're pushing them, if there's, you know, dare I even say, a little foul trouble, how does Creighton sort of respond to that adversity to a team that comes out early and is also hitting shots? And that remains to be seen because it wasn't a good look against Xavier.
2: Walter just called, uh, and he brought up a a point, and it's similar stuff to what you guys were talking about last week, sort of different but the same. They look tired maybe on Friday because this is where their lack of Depth is, starts to hit them. Like you get into these tournament situations, one night you're on, and the next game you're off because you're kind of going with maybe two guys tops off the bench, but you're riding your starters hard, and mm-hmm. some nights are just, it's not going to be there. And these are common themes that you guys talked about. And obviously, Gary, long before when the season started, that you talked about, like, hey, this is where it could come back and get you.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. And it's not like, and that's the thing, too. You're not going to be a different team. No, this is what you are. We know what Creighton is. The this question is it. is it comes down to matchups and, and what do you get out of your core group? You know, no matter if you're relying heavily on your starting five or if you got a, you know a guy or two that you're going to introduce off the bench as well as can play serious minutes, this is this is what you
2: are. Well, here's the other part. You're playing at five thousand two hundred and eighty feet. Could that play a role at some point on the weekend? The elevation.
0: I mean
1: it's the elevation.
0: No, uh, it it's it's, no, it's, it's too far to. it's too so. far down the road. You've got you've got your starting 5 can be amongst the best starting 5 yes. in college basketball yeah. and you're going to ride them. It's the end of the season, it's one and done and you can't go into every game going, "Well, okay, we'll get this out of our bench in terms of production." Right. You have to go. You know what? We got a good starting 5 mm-hmm. and this is this the team is, they are. This is our rotation. Mm-hmm. We're going to roll with it and you're probably going to need to win and keep moving on. Probably at least three guys will have to be in double figures, and ideally it would be it be four. That's the situation. Yeah. You're not going back and all of a sudden fixing it. You're going to like, we're going to play seven guys. Yeah. We we got seven guys we can rely on, and at this time of the year, anybody that is playing more than eight guys, they have an unbelievable amount of depth, but then you're thinking, wow, you haven't cut down your rotation? Right. Because yeah. everybody's yeah. playing with eight right now yeah. that yeah. they trust.
2: You can say you have, oh, well, we have eight or nine. At the end, you're going to go with your guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, the weather which still, I love that it's light out at six, still getting used to it. It's kind of still a little bit dark mm-hmm. with a daylight saving time. Yes, I said saving. Oh, I learned my lesson a long time ago. Might have been when I was in Catholic school and I got my hand slapped by a nun. Not Sister Corrine. Meanest <laughs> nun ever. That's what I was going to ask. Rest add. in peace, <laughs> wherever you may be. Uh, I, I, the, you get her I I would do the fired. I would do the S. No, they weren't gonna fire. It's like tenure. <laughs> One nun isn't gonna fire the other nun. They got like a they got are like a union. Oh. Well you probably deserved it.
1: <laughs> it's got a nun union?
0: <laughs> I mean a disagreement with a seventh grader who you believe in, the oh, nun or the seventh grader? there wow. I'm gonna go with the nun here. Oh. She i don't lied. care if we have evidence she lied i i hope she said her penance but she lied <laughs> the nuns are unionizing uh, now but i used to say daylight savings time savings okay. and i got corrected so i'm a saving daylight saving uh but the weather is supposed to like creighton baseball is playing k-state on wednesday which is good and they got a nice they went down to lawrence and had a nice little brief series with byu mm-hmm. nebraska and omaha play baseball tomorrow it's a night game, right? Mm, yes. Yeah, Is the it, weather going to be uh, It's okay? in the 40s, right? 40s
1: tomorrow. 47 so tomorrow. You might want to move up that uh,
2: first pitch time. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if the wind will be blowing off Zyrinsky Lake all the way over here like when we had the uh, lake I hope effect we don't snow. have the lake
1: effect. Uh, maybe a matinee tomorrow? We should make that a matinee. It's going to be chilly. You know the thing I, I, I respect about, well, all of our coaches here in town because they've all played through it, but uh, Will and Evan, they don't care. Oh, man. Well, they'll, hey, they'll, as long as Friday, it's above the real field, Friday play. and
0: Saturday at Haymarket Park were brutal. Yeah.
1: Well, and then on Saturday, Saturday, you had, Saturday, you had the precipitation on top of it, too, where yeah, you and, had some puddles. And you had no, uh, what,
0: they were, were going to play with the run rule? Yeah. <laughs> Nebraska ended up winning 12-0. Uh, do we do we need to, is Nebraska baseball better than we think? Because they've won 9 of 10. Yep. Kaminska and Olsen once again this weekend. Kaminska was really good on yeah. Saturday. Nebraska in one through nine. Now we have to pause with the corn crushers because they didn't hit a home run on Saturday.
1: Nope, Street came to an end. <laughs> Wasn't good hitting weather though. But on Friday they but, broke the you know yeah. they. Ex- but you know what? So record.
0: so here's here's an inkling where I'm thinking, man, this they might be cooking with some peanut oil with the uh, fighting wheel bolts. One through four in their lineup was hitless. Mm-hmm. They went zero for fourteen. Yeah, and they still scored twelve runs. They had ten hits. Cole Evans is red hot. Max Anderson, of course, has been doing work. Yep. They, man, this again. They were what fifth in the preseason, the Big Ten mm-hmm. had that opening weekend against San Diego, who who got a big week, got a big victory this weekend at uh, what TCU. Yeah. Nebraska baseball might be might might be okay. I, I there's a lot of things to like, and I know it's Illinois State, and they played Northern Colorado. But if you're telling me that a lineup that has hit really well, the top four wear the collar mm-hmm. and Nebraska still puts up a crooked number, yep. last year they would have been done. That would be that would trickle down the entire rest of the lineup. I don't know. There's something to watch here. That's that's an intriguing game tomorrow because Omaha is still trying to find their footing. Okay. Um I, I like that matchup. Let's just hope that whoever is working behind the plate, probably Bill McGuire, because Bill McGuire yeah. works every Omaha Creighton and Nebraska baseball game. There yeah. are there are no other umpires in the metro
1: except for Bill McGuire. And shout out to my man Brian Sawyer out there in Columbus will probably be part of it as well. He's at least part of some of these games. Let's Bubba. let's just hope that
0: they have a better.
1: Are you going where you... strike zone than <laughs> the New Orleans Mississippi <laughs> oh,
0: Valley State game? Sharpie,
1: I've never been more <laughs> pissed off at something in the last year. That was than, Frank Drebbin like seeing that. Both were at fault, by the way. Yes, I'll, I'll they, let, were. I'll let you yes they were. Yes, they were both the the hitter and yeah. the umpire were at fault. Yes. And so for people who don't know what we're talking about, you had a game that you probably could care less about that took place over the weekend. 7-3 ball game. You have and it was like bases were loaded, 7 to 3, so you know, a home run ties it or anything like that. No, I mean the game was going to be over. So, it's a 1-2 count and I'm sorry, a 1-1 one, one count. And a curveball. It, it was a decent bender. Might have been a little bit low in the strike zone, but it was a decent bender. Hitter doesn't like it. Jumps up and down. Shows up the ump. Draws the line. Should have been tossed. Should have exactly. And that's the key right there. Instead of tossing this hitter, the very next pitch, which goes into the opposite batter's box, <laughs> it's not even close. And it didn't matter where that pitch was going to go. It could have hit the batter. And somehow this ump probably would have found a way to try to ring him up. He rings him up to the point, I mean, people are stunned. The catcher didn't even need to hear a word out of the hitter. The catcher immediately goes over to the hitter to basically hold him back as the umpire rings him up and jaunts swiftly off the field as to say, screw you. And that was one of the most unprofessional things I've ever seen an official do. Because you're absolutely right, Sharpie. Should not have even got to that. If you are really going to set the tone, if you are going to send a message to a hitter, you ring them for showing you up, for drawing that line. And we've seen that done before. And you know what? Yep, the coach is probably going to come out and argue with the umpire. But yeah. after he's all done, he's going to go to his player and his players and say, this is why you do not show up umpires. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes back to the umpire. Who made it personal, which you should exactly, never do. He made it personal for two reasons. It looks extremely immature and childish for an authoritative figure that's supposed to keep the game and everything in its rules and regulations in check, you're supposed to be, what, the restoring of the order when it comes to the game? You didn't do that. And if you're just simply saying, you know, and obviously he's not in this, ump has since been suspended, or you're just saying, I'm that bad of an umpire and I thought that was a strike. That's bad. Obviously that wasn't the case. The worst thing is what the reality was, and that was he took it personal and he rung a kid up on something that was such an egregious pitch. Yeah. It was an
0: awful look. Yeah. He held a grudge. Uh, he has been suspended. I don't know why they were so hesitant to name the umpire in their release. His name is Reggie Drummer. Mm-hmm. Why, why? Everybody knows who the batter is. Everybody knows who the catcher yeah. is who, who tried to console the batter and calm the situation down. Yeah. You know... You know that it's a bad call when the catcher's like it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, I, but I know did you see the dugout reaction? Yeah. They called too? I mean, it, they're just like it was oh bad. My it was God. bad on it was bad on both sides. Yeah, and I don't. Why are we afraid to name the umpire? Like the the release from the conference didn't name the umpire. Well, I can go in the box score and look who the umpire yep. is. Yeah, I don't know why they were afraid to do that. Now I will. I will we've all probably at some point in our life officiated or umpired. You know, sometimes when the game's a little bit of a blowout, when I was doing high school baseball in Iowa. Let's go home. I'd be like, you know what? It's close to the plate. It's going to be yes. a strike, strike when the score zone. is 15 nothing. Yep, it expands yeah. and it heightens. Yep. But in that case, the kid showed up the umpire, mm-hmm. should have been tossed, and then the umpire held a grudge, made it personal, and made a call that probably will haunt him and carry throughout his entire career yep. for a long time. Now, in Lincoln, the platteview scut game, so Connor Milliken fouls out and Platteview fans lose their minds. So Connor Milliken going to Dort. What a steal for for Dort, by the way. Um, you guys have to check out. I don't know if anybody else caught this. So fans were upset at the officiating, and 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 we also this weekend at the state basketball tournament we had uh, a female work the a boys' state final, the uh, C two final. Jordan nice. Keeney worked the final, but people were tweeting at the NSAA about the officiating this weekend. Mm-hmm. Look at the responses by the NSA because they were very nice and they said, well, if you would like to officiate, (laughs) here's where you can go to find out more information and we would love to have you as an official. Yeah, We're always looking. Now, now some people that tweeted at the NSA stopped after that. Others went even harder into the paint. But but whoever was running, Nate, NSA's social media (laughs) responding to fans complaining about the officiating in the championship games on Saturday – Good on you for handling that and then sending them the link of where they can go to sign up to be an official. That <laughs> yeah. was fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I I, I agree. That's, that is, that's a good response there. And typically, I'm kind of in that boat when it comes to it and going back to this baseball incident too where, you know, people argue balls and strikes. If it was just a, you know, all of a sudden just had a moment where judgment was so far off, you know, there wasn't something that, that sort of preceded that. Yeah, that's where I would get into the mindset of, you know what, we all we all make mistakes. We miss calls, and unfortunately, this one happened, and it was just really, really bad. If you think you can do better, why don't you become unofficial? That's what was so upsetting about this umping situation, because we all know we would probably do better in that situation. How many times have we seen... Players get run for showing up, umpire for yeah. arguing a ball and strike, and then going as far as drawing a line and just yeah, doing was, something. That was way too much. Yep, you don't do that. You and just you're in don't a do that. To go situation. Yep, but then when you decide, you know what? I'm not going to run him. Wherever this next pitch is, hope it's down the down the yeah. middle. But wherever this next pitch is, he's gone anyway. And you go that route. Yeah. Boy, that reflects on your professionalism. That re- reflects on your accountability as someone that you can trust. To be an official he would have it's been not good.
2: Better
0: off just running
2: them in the he first would have.
1: place. He would have. And he would have been justified. Yeah.
0: Absolutely would have. All right. Coming up at the top of the hour, uh Jacob Bigelow will join us. We'll get his thoughts now that the Nebraska men's basketball season is over. Uh, no NIT. They were not going to play in the other Alphabet tournaments. That's way below a, a power six conference team. Um San Jose State, by the way, is going to Daytona Beach. Uh so Nebraska's done at sixteen and sixteen. And now What table have they set for moving forward into year five of uh, Fred Hoiberg? All of that coming up. Plus, Joel Lorenzi. I'm sure he's up early. He's breaking down film of of Smith (laughs) Mm -hmm. on what he's going to do in Joyner. Cup of coffee. Burns. Yeah. Danish. We hope. That's coming up at 940. It's Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone.